I started asking myself, well, you know, why do these people need to keep coming back, right? Like, how come they're not healing? Because we know our body has the innate ability to heal itself if it's in the right environment. Dr. N, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks, Coach G. Hey, my partner in crime that I haven't seen for freaking ages. Yeah, and we live in the same country now. We live in the same country now, I know. You're, you've been a busy lady. What, what's been up? What's up? What's lots, been happening? Lots. Um, well, it's pretty close to my one-year anniversary in New Zealand. So, um, and it was just such a journey, you know, landed here one year ago. COVID hit, I think, a week later, maybe, somewhere around there. And uh, everything just got turned upside down in the beginning. And I thought, okay, it's time to pivot. We all had to pivot, didn't we? And um, kind of recreate ourselves. So that's what I've been doing for the last year in New Zealand. Contract fell through. And here I am working alongside you, which has been amazing. We does some cool stuff together, um, you know, with the No Ugly Sleeps product and uh, getting that out and up and running, which is cool because it's sleep week this week. So that's great. Um, always good good chat to have about that and uh, just doing a lot of really cool things around New Zealand now with personalized health and, and really helping a lot of people so I'm happy to happy to be here yeah you're really getting to see the country man you're going everywhere it's actually really cool what's your favorite what's your favorite spot oh man what oh, you're gonna ask I don't know um I I do want to comment on the lemons in this country, though. This is the lemons. Yeah, because, okay. <laughs> okay, in, far away. In Canada, we get these little lemons that are this big. And here, the lemons are like, and they're tasty. And they're, so I was going to say up north because I like the lemons because you can plant lemons up there. Then you go down to the south and there's all this other fresh fruit that you can get. Um, when I was just down in Queens, I was in Cromwell, of all places. And uh, it's just, it was lots of fresh fruit you know apples nectarines peaches just everywhere and so the great part about New Zealand I'm finding is you know you can really buy locally here which is what I like and I like to support that and that's so cool um gosh favorite place Milford Sound there you go Milford Sound finally got it out how to be Milford Sound by far right now yeah epicness to Milford Sound uh... yeah and just flying there it's so untouched there's nothing out there no cell phone reception Awesome. It was so awesome out there. Loved it. Yeah. 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 Well, I couldn't disagree with you. It's a, it's a pretty, pretty spectacular spot. Yeah. Um, what do you think the greatest difference between New Zealand and North America is? <laughs> what have you observed coming from North America? Ooh, where do I start? Um, well, okay. I'll prelude and say I've lived in many different countries and pretty well-traveled person. And so I think I was actually a bit naive coming here um, because I've lived in many countries that I don't speak the same language. So I'm feeling like I'm always catching up with the language barrier. And this time I was excited because I was like, oh, for the first time, I don't have to learn a new language. Yay, cool. Um, But then I come here and I'm like, actually, I I do kind of need to learn a new language because uh, just, you know, there's different expressions, uh, different ways of working here, you know, uh, North America is just so incredibly competitive and fast paced. And, uh, you know, 
I think just in the, the industry I was working in, in the professional athlete world, it was just so incredibly competitive, right? Who has the next advantage and so on. So coming here, the dynamic for me was way different. And also people here work together quite well. Um, they want to team up and they want to do things together. So it was so incredibly refreshing for me to come here and say, oh, wow, I get to work with all these amazing people who know these amazing things and we can collaborate to make such a big difference. Okay, I'm in because I just had never really had that kind of support I felt like uh, in the past it was just kind of everyone's doing their job um, and just living to work in a way and so the lifestyle here I thought was just such so much better like I had no idea people took off the month of January <laughs> and almost <laughs> December and I was like what I didn't quite get it and then it, it was so amazing because then I got to explore the country and um, meet people when they're kind of you know more relaxed out of work and recovering and then we were talking about health and, and this stuff so I find New Zealand a lot more healthy in regards to whole lifestyle um, and that's been fantastic and then then there's words there's just words that I don't know still <laughs> I'm like what does that mean <laughs> she'll be all right <laughs> who's she be right yeah yeah she'll be all right she'll be right I've never um, I've never who's she I want to know who she is yeah, everyone yeah, talks yeah, about yeah. she who's that <laughs> metaphorical she yeah um, bugger uh, yeah, true, bro. Yeah, we're unique. We're unique, but yeah, you guys yeah. are cool. I I'm like. Glad, I'm glad you stayed. I thought we were going to lose you for a bit. So yeah, I thought it was going to lose me for a bit too. It's I'm a, back. I'm back. Yeah, yeah. We don't. You don't meet a doctor and every day of the week. That's for sure. No, you don't. <laughs> uh, thanks, G. Cool. Um, so, mate, it's it's International Sleep Week or Sleep Sleep Day on the nineteenth, but we're calling it Sleep Week. And obviously, we've started a little project on the side called Sleep Loop, and we want to encourage people to focus on this pillar called sleep. Yeah. Um, and I guess the, the big thing for us is that we want to change the conversation. The conversation is not just about getting a good night's rest, although that's very important. It's this whole idea of holistic recovery. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you're a bit of a ninja in this space. So let's start I with... I love that space. Yeah, man. We're going to get into epigenetics, but let's, let's, start, with, let's start with just sleep and recovery. So why do you think it's so important? What have you seen in your clinical practices? Yeah, just the story around it is quite powerful because here I am, you know, I was in the Western medicine side of things studying, you know, biology and genetics, human kinetics, right? And then I totally did this flip and went more Eastern as we would call it, which I think they can all mesh together, but, you know, let's just call it what it is and how we see it um, in osteopathy and, uh, Chinese medicine. And then, you know, came the epigenetics pillar in the middle where I feel like I can combine both and really give someone holistic work, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get into. So that's kind of the background on, you know, what I was doing, where I was going and all of that. And in all those studies, I, I started off with what I knew, like treating what showed up in the office in that moment. That's, that's what I knew. I was a young practitioner and then I started asking myself, well, you know, why do these people need to keep coming back, right? Like, how come they're not healing? Because we know our body has the innate ability to heal itself if it's in the right environment. Um, we do heal. We scrape ourselves, we heal. The same is inside us, in our organs, in our brain, in our way of thinking. We can morph and change ourselves um, as we want. And we do all the time in our days. You know, we sweat when we're hot, we shiver when we're cold, right? These are changes. And then we talk to people differently based on how we're feeling, if we're stressed or if we're not, right? So 
I started to observe all of this in, in the, in my clients and my practice, and it trickled into the professional athlete world, which was way more apparent because they're performers, right? They have to show up and perform. And I was with them on that journey. So I got to see that. And I thought, gosh, the missing pillar is what everybody is doing outside of either the appointment or their performance. Um, so, you know, the professional athletes, what are they doing in between games was my big question. And, um, you know, some would stay up playing video games all night and then have to show them play basketball the next day. And their sleep was just, you know, all over the map. And so it wasn't consistent. And then I thought, well, what are they doing for recovery before sleep? What are they eating to get the proper night's sleep? What, who are they socializing with? Is it serving them? Are they stressed? And we started to ask all these questions around how are they even setting themselves up for sleep? So the day was actually really important to observe. And then getting that sleep on point and consistent for them is the kicker of, of allowing our bodies to heal. So that was, that was my big learning was what are they doing outside of performing? We can take CEOs, you know, they're performing in their days. Um, you know, office workers were trying to show up and perform family members you know, want to show up and be a good mother and a father, right? It's all about performance in our days is what we strive to do and strive to be and to learn about ourselves. And then um, I think sometimes we forget, to take care of ourselves first. And we have to come back to that in order to show up for ourselves better and being observant of self. So that was really um, my journey in observing my clients. And then I also had my own journey around that of saying, whoa, if I'm gonna be telling people to do this, I better do it myself. And uh, what can I do to show up better for my clients so I can share my story because that's always quite powerful. Mm. You said something in the middle there around environment, uh, social environment, physical environment. And it's a nice segue to the next thing. So you talked about genetics. You obviously studied genetics. You obviously studied, you did your PhD in genetics and then you did Chinese medicine. But then in the middle here, you found this epigenetics stuff. Yes, I did. It found me. <laughs> so let's, yeah. let's segue to that. And so let's go, let's go high level. What is epigenetics? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's actually looking above yourself at these above and then genetics is your genes, your personal self, who you are we all operate in different bodies and uh, we're all quite unique in our way of, of operating. You know, um, it's quite awesome to look at children in this regards. You know, when, when children are in the classroom, we can say, well, not all of them learn the same way, do they? Right. So we all have different bodies and different ways to learn. So um, if we're putting, you know, taking the children example and we're talking about teachers teaching one way to the children, you know, not everybody's going to get it, are they? And it's not going to feel good to everybody. Same within a social environment. You know, we have the classic extroverts and introverts and happen to be on, you know, a little extrovert over here. Um, so, and I love being around people, um, you know, not 24 seven, but I love being around people and engaging with them and having chats and it feels good to me. It brings me energy. And then, you know, you have the introvert side of, of people on a social aspect where they get energy being alone they need to recover being alone. So those two things, uh, just in parallel, looking at them and saying, okay, these two bodies operate differently. How can we set them up so they're not feeling energy drained all the time by expressing those genes that they actually don't really have and expressing the genes that they do have to feel good. So, you know, the introvert needs time and space alone to recover. The extrovert does need social. And this comes into such a big topic today, right? Because we're living a lot in fear and uncertainty and all of this around the world that some people don't get an opportunity to live their regular lives. The social people might feel a little bit 
you know, depressed in a way, um, or like they can't um, express themselves. So they might express themselves in other ways, which might actually look unhealthy, like, you know, eating foods that might not serve them, or um, maybe getting more agitated, because they might not be able to move as much this kind of stuff. So, you know, it's just really interesting to observe this now, because we're not able to um, predict really how we're supposed to be living these days. And so um, people are having, I believe, to come in and really learn about themselves, which we can look at as a, a blessing in disguise. And that's really the basis of epigenetics, learning how to live in your own body and what suits you best. And everyone's different, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, so let's talk about that. Talk about the, um, the impact it has on, on your recovery capacity. So you're only as good as your recovery, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess the, the main uh, detrimental effect to your body, if you're not living the right style of lifestyle, the right, uh, not hanging out the right social environments, making the wrong poor nutritional choices, is something called inflammation. Yes. So let's dive into inflammation, how that impacts sleep and recovery. Right. Um, inflammation, gosh, well, you know, defining inflammation, what is it? What does it look like? What does it feel like? I wonder if people know this. I, I don't know. Um, you know, people say I have inflammation and people say, okay, my joints hurt, right? So inflammation will look different in everybody and show up different in everybody's body. Um, it could look like a chronic disease. It can look like acne. It can look like eczema. Um, it can look like a digestive disorder. Um, all of these little things popping up are inflammatory responses telling us, Hey, um, you might want to have a look inside yourself and change your environment and how you're operating. So, you know, inflammation, taking that. And then we know if we have certain amount of inflammation in our bodies over time, it's going to cause a disruption of some sort. Um, what disruption? Well, it depends on who you are and what environment you're working in. Um, we do see a lot of digestive issues. We see a lot of, um, right now, mental health is a huge topic, right? And people are really overwhelmed and feeling like they can't sleep because they're just so stressed, um, probably because they haven't given their body enough time and space to recover. So the recovery aspect, like you said, is massive and honing in on inflammation and potentially measuring it within yourself is, is really a good way. You know, the other day I actually just ordered pH strips into my house. I thought, what's the easiest way? Cause there's all this, you know, biohacking and health tech out there. And I thought, well, for people who aren't into that, how could they test where they're at in this moment? You know, 30 minutes after you eat or before you eat pH strip on your tongue, saliva, have a look to see if your body's really acidic, really alkaline, or if you're cruising right in the middle. And that'll give you a really good indicator of what's happening in the body over time. Um, it's, it's pretty simple, right? <laughs> and so I, I think we do make it way more complicated than it needs to be. And it's like, well, you know, if you're too acidic, eat more vegetables. Um, and you know, you need more vegetables in your diet and maybe that suits you better. And then the brain starts to go, whoa, I feel good if I'm eating these certain vegetables. Oh, goody, I'm going to keep eating those um, because I want to feel good and more have more energy in my days and therefore lowering the inflammatory response and putting out good energy, getting a good recovery. That's what we're looking at. You just brought up something for me that just, it just you reminded me something of something really important, which is when people change diets, <laughs> let's talk Ooh, about that. Yeah. So let's talk I've about, done that. Yeah. Uh, we've I've, all done that. I've, I've tested a few things out. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so there's, there's a period of time whenever you change, shift your diet to whatever, if you're going keto, vegan, mm. uh, if you're doing paleo, whatever, when 
you will feel good no matter what you're doing. No matter what you're doing to change your diet, there is a, a period of time where you're going to experience a yeah. change, right? Mm-hmm. If you're too alkalinic and you start eating a meat diet, you're going to feel really good because you're going to start swinging back towards the middle. And mm-hmm. conversely, if you are really acidic, and the truth is that most people are really acidic, right? Most of the world, mo- most of the battle is around as- acidity, not... Um, I was super alkaline yesterday, by the way. Just you were? Yeah. 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 Sorry about it. <laughs> Lots of veg. Lots of, well, but that's, you know, I wasn't You're, sitting in that sweet spot because I was like, gosh, I'm feeling like a bit dizzy and stuff. And I was like, what's going on? And so um, had to get some electrolytes in. Um, yeah, alkalosis, man. Alkalosis is just as bad as acidosis. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what do you think when it comes to epigenetics, right? We can get, we can dial in on what style of food you should be eating, right? That's, right. that's what that allows you to do. But for Joe Average, if I'm, if I'm just looking to be healthy, I just want to be healthy. I don't want to change like the world. What do you think we have to do? Is it having that awareness from using things like pH strips or using technology, or it can be a lot more simple than that? Is it just a matter of drinking um, two liters of water a day and eating your vegetables with every meal? Like what would, how do you approach this? Oh gosh. Uh, well, I'm going to prelude and say I'll approach it differently with every person that walks through the door because that's how I work. I believe in treating the individual for how they show up. But let's say we're trying to do a little bit of information for people who have no idea where to start for themselves and just no awareness maybe around how their body functions. We're not taught this stuff, um, how our body functions, how it works, how it lives in our days, like how we actually live with um in the world, we don't think about it, how we live with nature and how we actually are nature. So when we come down to it, I actually think I will take the approach of nature in this. You know, um, we can watch easily how animals operate and they don't change much. Like they, you, we watch that they change over season, don't they? They, they migrate. Um, we watch how they, you know, search for food and some animals eat small portion sizes and some animals eat big portion sizes and then they kind of fast for days, right? <laughs> so we can take those concepts and realize, oh, well, each body isn't the same. And we can look at our body and say, oh, okay, um, if I'm more of a, a mesomorphic type body, which I am, are you guys say mesomorph here, sorry, mesomorph type body here, um, I'm going to need some energy to move put into my muscles. So my body type will need protein, especially animal protein. You can go fish. I'm going to prelude this all. You can go fish and and veg in your days and then off you go. You're more an ectotype body, brain driven. Coach G over here. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Brain driven, Um, neurologically driven. A lot of your energy is used up by your brain fats in the diet. So guess what? We could also put some protein in there, animal protein, fish and veg, right? And then we go over to the more endomorphic type body. So bigger body um, has, has bigger bones, the biggest bones on the planet. And we say, okay, they might not need to eat as much because they're able to conserve their energy a bit more, but what would benefit them most in their digestive system? Cause they're the digesters. Um, they take their metabolism is what they need to take care of most. Oh, we could probably put in quite a bit of veg and some nice omega threes to help clean up the digestive system. So with each body type, Um, if I were to recommend one thing is high quality omega threes, um, because that's going to lower inflammation levels. So fish, right. And we're in a glorious country here where we have access to all of that kind of stuff. So get a variety of fish in and then get in your leafy greens 
and then get in some slow burning carb vegetables. So root vegetable, it's quite simple. And over time, that'll start to decrease inflammation in the bodies. Now, portion sizing, I want to talk about, um, you know, what does it look like on our plate? But that picture alone will help so many people get back on board on kind of, and people would say it's pescatarian. And I say, okay, well, what exactly is pescatarian? Are you having breads in there? Are you having grains? I don't really know how people view this. So I'm just going to say fish, leafy greens, and, um, and kind of a root vegetable of some sort. So like, you know, squash, beetroot, and then leafy greens, we can go into you know, broccolis, um, kale, spinach, this kind of stuff is what we want to stick to on our plates. So then we say, okay, well, what does that look like? And, you know, traveled the world. It's been quite interesting to, to watch portion size vary across the world, which is always interesting. Sometimes you get like, I just remember being in the U S and my steak was like, you know, huge. It was longer than my arm. And so that portion sizing wouldn't be serving me right and that that size of protein and this is why people fall into that acidic side they say oh i can't eat meat i can't eat meat at all and it's like well no you can have some but you know palm size is where you want to sit and um do this with fish do this with any protein you have uh, we just don't need to overdo the protein even me you know i am the protein person that burns proteins through my bodies and amino acids but I don't want to overdo the protein else. Like we said, I'll become too acidic and I'll start developing things like, you know, cancer cells in my body uh, over time. So I would say coming back to that basic plate would help your family members. And, you know, you, there's so many different kinds of vegetables. <laughs> I don't even think we know all of them, but start searching, start planting. And then the other thing too is herbs, um, herbs, <laughs> turn it. <laughs> Darn it! <laughs> pick me up every time you say that. Ooh. Uh, yeah, we don't pronounce H. Uh, so, in Chinese medicine, we do focus a lot on herbs, and this is huge for inflammatory responses. So, spicing it up in your life a little bit is is going to help you for sure. At different kind of herbs, and um, they do use herbs as medicine. So, why can't we? And why can't we add that into into our diet every day as well? It can be quite simple. We make it a bit complicated, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Let's take a pause. Take a pause. So just for just to recap. So we you kind of got into something called phenotypology then, which is the ectomorph, mesomorph, endomorph. So if you're a skinny body type, what was oh. what was the three key points in that one? If you're a skinny body type, ectomorph, you're gonna be you're gonna more, more more neurologically driven, fast yeah. metabolism. You're burning the fats in your body because you know our brain chews up all the fats that we take. So brain's working all the time. Um, we need more fats in our diet. Um, but the fats do need to be combined with proteins as well. Uh, if you're just eating straight up fat, you know, not really going to get assimilated too well. So that's where I came into, okay, you know, fish, fish on the plate, get some veg in and um, also get in, you know, the, the root vegetables. And with this type is they just drive forward. So this type actually also needs electrolytes in the body. And I think you can speak into that too, because um, you're just, mm. yeah, minerals, um, proper minerals in the water, uh, electrolytes and, and, you know, the water quality, <laughs> I could get into that, but we don't know, we don't really test our water quality. We don't really know what it is. So, you know, trace minerals um, in the water is essential for people just so they know that that's what they're getting and they're able to, um, perform better and, and that's going to help the brain recover for an ectomorphic type body because that's what we want 
and the endomorph. So a bigger body type, bigger hips, bigger bones, heavier set. What mm. do they need to focus Our rugby on? guys. Rugby guys. Rugby yeah. guys, yeah. Those guys, those guys are would have more vegetables on their plate generally. I, I would say, yeah. So, well, it depends on their 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 actual body, you know. But in general, more vegetables on their plate, longer digestive tract, the longest digestive tract, more than any other body type. So, you know, if we were to unravel their digestive tract, it would actually be longer. And coming into that and saying, okay, cooked veggies, because with a long digestive tract, then you have a longer time to hang on to food, don't you? So. Um, they're masters at just sucking up all the nutrients and minerals because they have that. Now, what if we put a lot of meat in there? Well, it actually starts to ferment in the digestive tract and we will see things like, um, uh, you know, just a digestive issues. I'm trying to think of the word I'm looking for at the moment, but it's going to lower serotonin levels um, because serotonin levels are created in the digestive tract. If we have leaky gut, that's what I was looking for, leaky gut, these kind of things, which a lot of people walk around with because they're really heavy on the, on the grains and um, cured meats, you know, salted meats. Um, I don't know, KFC. <laughs> yep. I don't know. Haven't had that a long long time but you know these kind of things so we want to get back to going to the grocery store buying fresh and just starting there is a really good start and and taking the whole family along with it with that health type too um having everyone supporting each other on this journey is always really helpful and they'll notice inflammatory levels uh drop for sure and then the the meso which is yourself what hey. does the need to do what is that um we I, you know, I'm not so far off the, the ecto in a way, um, but veg, very, very low sugar diet for us. We actually don't do well on fruits uh, too well. You guys do well on fruits. Um, and I think it depends on, on the person and how they react. But, you know, a, a largely fruit diet will actually create an inflammatory response if we're not burning off those sugars. Same with the proteins, too. If we're just sitting around and we're not exercising, we are the movers. So we need to exercise. We need to move. And we need to interact and express. And if we're not doing that, the proteins will build up in our liver. But um, if we're burning that all off, we're feeling good. We need to uh, energize up. And we do that by eating a little bit more protein in our diets and naturally. So, and lots of veg. I've done quite well with um, fish, a uh, small portion of um, fish and, uh, and or meat or chicken. And I always try to go as organic or freshly caught as I can find and uh just locally veg local veg is, is always quite good yeah so very very paleo-y kind of caveman -y. in a way yeah I wouldn't do that for breakfast for myself uh or I shouldn't say for breakfast I one meal a day would probably be vegetarian for me yep. um yeah I, because I don't need to overdo the meat so I think when I say this it's kind of like I wonder if people are thinking I need meat in every meal well, no, not necessarily. I would have maybe some, some meat or salmon with my breakfast in the morning and then off I go throughout the day. And as I feel like I need more, I just give myself more. Um, I don't have a set protocol for, for that. And I, it, and for me, it switches on season too because my activity levels will change too based on season. So we just have to be really self-aware of, of where we're at and what we're doing. And I think a lot of us shut off to that because we're so busy. Um, this is kind of life. We forget about ourselves and what we really need. 
yeah, creating yeah. space, creating. So I had a conversation with a strength coach about a coach about that, about creating space so that we can um, be, have some clarity around the decisions we're making because we're just on autopilot for so. We long. are on autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. This podcast is brought to you by No Ugly Sleep, New Zealand's first scientifically developed sleep tonic. This product is literally armed to the teeth with the highest quality sleep precursors that were formulated to improve your body's natural sleep performance without the sedation. So you can sail off to dreamland and enjoy a great night's sleep. For our listeners, if you shoot across to our sleep loop shop and enter the code NOUGLY, you'll get a sweet ass 10% discount off a full month's supply of No Ugly Sleep. Let's, let's dive into water. I know you're, you're a water fiend. You, you're the one that introduced me to what hydrogen water, litmus test. I, I kind of, oh, I, yeah. I, I've done litmus testing on uh, on Auckland's water before, and it wasn't good. Oh uh, really? Yeah. yeah okay. Six point eight, which is barely. I think I think that's the bottom of the mark. I don't know if you're allowed to go any lower than six point eight. Mm. Or, um, yeah. When I turn on my tap, it smells a bit chlorinated. Um. So, you know, however that's working in the system, I, I don't really know, but I thought, okay, well, I can't go and change the whole system for everybody, but you know, we can, so I have a, a water distiller and I distill my water and then put in trace minerals and remake my water. And I started doing this probably a couple of years ago, actually, because I was traveling so much and I was going from country to country. And, you know, the first rule is when you go into countries, even third world countries, don't drink the water, right? Like everyone says that, don't drink the water. You're going to get fill in the blank. <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get, but you're probably going to be on the toilet. No fun. <laughs> and um, so I started really honing, well, why water? You know, we have to drink so much a day, you know, two to three liters, depending on the person, sometimes four depending on how active they are, how much we're sweating, you know, it's a really toasty summer here in New Zealand. So have to hydrate. We're doing this all the time. And we're, what if we're not hydrating ourselves with proper, clean, pure water is the question. And so I thought, well, I'm going to do a little test run on this. And with that change alone, it lowered my inflammation levels of mm -hmm. making my own water. And then I thought, oh, interesting. I'm gonna try this with athletes. Okay, let's get them on uh, pure water that we know is you know, pH balanced and trace minerals and all this stuff. Oh, they're having better performance, more mental clarity, these kind of things. So it's really important to look into that and how and where it's coming from, huge. I mean, what are we, 67% water? I don't know if that's, that's right, but we're quite a bit of water. And, and so those molecules interact with everything that we do all the time. Um, they, they help us perform. And naturally, most of us to start off with are just walking around dehydrated. So, you know, headaches, feeling low, not craving sugar. That's <laughs> a big one. And so with that, they say, oh, and I'm craving sugar. I'm like, well, how much water do you drink is always my first question. And they're like, oh, I'm probably dehydrated. So we'll go for other stuff to try to fill us up when actually our body just really needs to be hydrated. And so, you know, let's put that into practice, right? Um, wake up one liter in the morning, done, done, dusted, off you go. Yep. Easy. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm a massive fan of 500 mils in the water uh, of mineral, mineralized water. Actually, why, why do you put the minerals in the water? The trace what? minerals. So yeah. the distiller takes out everything. And yeah. so I have to re-distill it with the trace minerals. Um, and there is a, there's a couple of really good companies, I think, in New Zealand doing some, some trace minerals too. 
um, that I'm still looking into. Um, and uh, it just tastes so different. It tastes so different than what comes out of the tap. So we have to really question how the quality of water I think that we're actually getting and is it actually helping our health? Well, I would say no, and we can do a little bit better for ourselves. So, you know, the one thing I do want to say though is many people will say, well, I have a distiller thing on my fridge. I don't know what you call those, but um, a filter, I think on my fridge, filters aren't good enough. Brita filters aren't good enough either. Uh, you can get a distiller online for about 200 bucks and just distill your own water and watch change happen in you. Your, your mental clarity will be massive. And then you'll also find that you don't need as much water because let's say we take out the, the chlorinated side of things. I smell chlorine in, in my tap for some reason. And so if we take out the chlorinated side of things, um, my body doesn't have to process that. Well, then maybe I'll actually need less water in my days and it'll be assimilated well in my body if it's pure. So we're just benefiting ourselves by doing it. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Biotrace. Biotrace are uh, the mineral that I use. Um, they, oh, cool. They're epic. They're epic. It does taste that I think the people, what people struggle with is the salty, salty taste, the saltiness of it. Salty. Okay. It says a very earthy, salty, metallic -y kind of taste, which is minerals, right? You're, you're literally drinking minerals. We get used to it. Um, yeah. Uh, you don't need much in, in, you know, one or two drops for yeah. every two liters or something like that, I think is maybe the ratio. Well, you can use some of the sea salt. It's not as good. I mean, it's not that mineral dense, but it's, it's better than mm. completely filtrated water. Right. Um, yeah. Anything helps. I just, yeah. Being aware of that. And here we are um, in New Zealand surrounded by water. <laughs> and I was thinking, hmm, this is interesting. Um, so yeah, maybe just the water systems aren't, aren't, aren't as up to date as they could be for people. And so we, we do need to have that awareness of how to take better care of ourselves in our days and making space to do those little things um, will just help us grow for sure. Other options, uh, water from aquifers as well. So if you can get mm. water from that's been taken out of a well where that water's just been pulled through or the limestone and dropped down into a sink. I had glacier water in Queenstown and I was like, Wow. This was yeah. awesome. Yeah. 29-year-old yeah. water. <laughs> so, so good. So tasty. And, you know, people can do the test, take some of that water and then put it beside uh, general tap water and just taste the difference. You'll notice the difference. Yeah. Um, could I say one thing about water, actually? Gee. Um, so if, you know, if we have a lot of fluoride and these kind of things in our water, um, there's quite a bit of studies that it downgrades uh, the pineal gland in the brain. The pineal gland is our, basically what gives us our own self-awareness um, and our own connection to self, so to speak. And I did a lot of studies of this on, in Chinese medicine. And I'm a huge believer around, you know, kind of harnessing our own energy to help us follow our own path. And a lot of people come to me feeling very lost and very stressed and they don't know what to do and they're not fulfilled. And they feel like they're kind of robotic on this planet in a way. And so one of the reasons I did tap into water is because it does clean out the pineal gland and helps people almost reconnect to themselves. And with that comes that self-awareness on, oh, I'm actually going to start to dive into, you know, old things maybe that I'm hanging on to, or I'm noticing I have these patterns in my eating habits that I've never noticed before. Oh, what can I do about that? Or how can I help myself? 
and we start to slow down and really almost step outside of ourselves and, and look back and say, oh, okay, how can I help myself a little bit more? And that's truly powerful on this journey. And that's something, you know, eventually I want to get into sleeps and what we're doing to just help people really know themselves so well, because when they do, they're able to make better decisions for themselves and, and, and their family members and show up at work, not on edge, you know, these kind of things and show up happy, right? This is what, this is really what we want for people to be happy and fulfilled and feeling healthy. So these little things help for sure. Amen to that. Um, you talked about herbs. This segue to herbs. Herbs. <laughs> herbs. Um, uh, we should prelude and say it's an ongoing joke that I say yeah, herbs yeah. and Kiwi say herbs. <laughs> and I just haven't got there yet. I just haven't taken that step. I don't know if I ever will. I'm not sure. <laughs> we'll um, see. The, what are the most beneficial herbs that we can drink consume put in our food to reduce inflammation oh gosh well let's if we're talking sleep and recovery yeah. um lemon balm lavender passion fruit um i'm gonna just toss magnesium in there even though it's not an herb but um you know magnesium um and and even melatonin to a certain extent which also isn't really an herb but these are you know let's call them supplements and herbs um can really help us get a, a deep sleep valerian root has quite a bit of studies behind it as well um so these are all kind of um put into teas mostly uh or you know what we created around no ugly as well with this with the sleeps beverage right so getting the ratios right is is one thing and and making it work for your body so if people take and say oh it didn't work and it said well you know what's the ratio of what you're having are you having just this much tea or are you actually letting it steep and having a real tea <laughs> and um doing this kind of stuff so lavender has been quite good um with with uh, properties of lemon balm passion fruit uh, extracts and uh i would go valerian root all of those four are quite good there's also ashwanda um, coming out of india and uh, that's proven to reduce inflammation ashwanda or ashwagandha ashwagandha sorry a, yeah, yeah yeah i thought oh, this isn't this is a new one i don't know this no, one it's just and not being able to pronounce it today. <laughs> yeah uh so there's that there's that um, that that's quite good for, for reducing inflammation in the body, especially people who are high stressed all the time. And the interesting component about all of this stuff is, you know, you start to take this stuff and it's not, you know, it, you can't really overdo it. Um, well, you know, within reason. Okay. Let's say, and, okay. and then you start to track yourself on, on a device um, or just even track yourself on how you feel. And you say, oh gosh, okay, I'm going to do this for a week and see how I feel and be consistent with my sleep time. And you'll notice that herbs can be quite powerful given that you have what your body needs. And if we're talking around many people walking around with inflammatory responses, which they totally are, uh, we want to reduce inflammation overnight through sleep. So how can we set that up? And, and herbs is something I, I really do work with. Now we can get specific too and make it specific for the person based on where they're at and get you know, liver detox going, kidney healing going and heart healing. And I love all that stuff. Uh, but just basically speaking, I would say those herbs would be the most beneficial before bed 
And then um, we want to hit the other side of things. How are we setting ourselves up for a productive day? So we're not kind of moseying on through our day. And then we take a nap that ends up being two hours and then we miss meals and this kind of stuff. So how can we set up our day? Well, um, green tea is quite, quite good too with, with antioxidants in it. So we want to take antioxidants in the morning to help our body, you know, get through the day. We can also take them in the evening. Garlic extract is also something that's, that's quite beneficial for lowering inflammation levels as well. So lots of stuff in foods. I'm a firm believer in foods and in herbs, and we can get a lot out of nature by just going there first before we tap into what I like to call maybe a blanket approach over a long period of time. And, and this is where people get addicted and lost on their journey when they have, you know, medication over this and all these supplements, you know, and, and it's kind of all in the same category. They're taking you know, 20 supplements in the night and they can't sleep and it's confusing and they get frustrated. So, you know, honing it all back and saying, well, what can we do for our food? What can we do with herbs? And, and off we go. I really like the idea of, um, attacking stress and pressure during the day i find that that gives me much better results so often when we get to that period of time of the night where we want to go to bed and we don't know the worry wheel is just spinning away up upstairs yeah if you just look back 12 hours in your day you can see where it started or why it began or what, how it got um compounded mm. If you were to say have uh, some chamomile tea then, or if you were to have uh, what with the valerian root or passion flower, or no ugly sleep, just a quick little hack, uh, yeah. that would combat some of the pressure and make you feel so much better. So that yeah. that self awareness to be able to go, okay, I need to take action now, mm. like flush the toilet, so you don't end up with uh, a compounding effect, compounding interest of stress and pressure totally. that you're taking to bed. Can I pop that into Chinese medicine a little bit? Um, you know, Chinese medicine has taught me a lot in regards to life and way of life and way of living. And I, in a way, I think we do have it all a bit backwards that uh, we're a very, so there's yin and yang, you know, everybody knows yin and yang, you know, tattooed of people, everyone's everywhere. Um, <clears throat> but do people actually live it? is my question and how do they live it and how do they recognize it? And I think this is something worth bringing up to people because, you know, the yang side of us is, is the more masculine side is the more driven side, the focus side, the get stuff done side, um, which I feel a lot of us really live in all, all the time. And it's great to get stuff done and move forward. But then there's the yin side, which is the nurturing side, the creative side, the side that's really in that present moment and saying, let's just enjoy this moment together and, and have a good time and just appreciate it for what it is now. And it's not to go all wooey or Eastern, but we can take those concepts and say, are they actually in your days? And a lot of people will say, no, I don't have the recovery, calm, creative flow in present moment time and that's where we spin out it's it's really obvious to me is that we're a very yang dominant world like really <laughs> it's everywhere and <clears throat> we haven't quite learned to get that balance in our days and we think the balance of sleeping is going to get back our health but that's not true we actually need to balance out our days like you were saying and take a break and go back to saying okay, what am I actually doing for myself in this moment? And is it benefiting me rather than almost chasing our tails 
in a, in a loop, in a circle all the time. Then we get stuck in that. And we think that's the way we have to live. We've been trained to live that way in a fast paced society. Well, I think it's time we start to slow it down and um, start to heal ourselves and really understand the bodies that we live in and, and enjoy that process. Because I mean, we really only have, you know, a certain set period of time, whatever we decide that is. And, um, and, and why not learn about ourselves that way to perform a little bit better. And then when that sort of called yang side is on, we actually take that time and use it very well and very productive rather than being just stuck and stressed. Cause we might not even get much done, you know, if we're constantly in that slide. Does that make sense to you? Makes complete sense to me, buddy. You're, you're, uh, you're singing to the choir over here. Sweet. <laughs> That's a great segue to technology and how we measure yang and how we measure uh, yin. So Autonomic nervous systems, sleep, sleep technology, go. <laughs> okay. Oh, I've been on a tech journey for a while. And then I went off it for a little while because I wanted to, I, I went on the tech journey for self-awareness is where I started for myself. And then I went to, you know, obviously testing algorithms and to see which has the most precision. Well, we can say that AI anywhere is never going to be a hundred percent. So let's just, you know, it's just not. So that's, you know, the prelusion of this one, but I've really gone down a journey. I've worn the whoop, I've worn um, aura ring. Um, <clears throat> I've gone through testing my HRV, uh, my heart rate variability to see um, how my inflammatory response are doing. You know, if the heartbeats are really close together, I might have something going on. Um, stress levels are high and doesn't necessarily mean mental stress, could be physical stress as well. And um, just really honing in on how to so-called increase my HRV, therefore lowering inflammation. This brings us back to the first topic, which is nice. So here I am, you know, testing my, my sleep. And then naturally we always want to compare to other people, don't we? Yep. <laughs> what did you get? <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> and, and I want to tell people that if they're going down this lane, great that's great awareness for you. We cannot compare to one another. Our days all look way different than each other's and comparing to your buddy at work at the computer saying, Oh, did you get eight hours last night? How much REM sleep did you get? Right. We just, we can't do that because we don't live in the same body. So, you know, great place to start. Now, what it does do is give you the self-awareness of what your trends are like over time. This is just for you. It's individualized just for you and gives a lot of knowledge around uh, where I'm at in regards to REM sleep, deep sleep, light sleep, which I kind of like. And then also, you know, we're getting into what activity looks like during the day. So we can almost set our days up to suit us better for a better recovery. And we are looking to recover. So some days, if, you know, we're in, in a habitual state of going to the gym every day, which a lot of people really think they need to work out to actually lose weight. Well, actually, maybe to lose inflammation, you need to rest and go on a recovery week or two um, and just eat a bunch of veg and, and low protein and get out for walks and, and do some things that are more, well, yin, um, and take care of yourself. Self-care It's okay to do that. And instead of getting caught up in that loop of the harder I work, the more results I'm going to have not true. So I believe that it gives that awareness for people to take the next steps on what their days actually need to look like for themselves 
And once they start to feel that and think it and recognize in themselves, maybe they don't need the wearable as much anymore, or they don't need to attach to it as much. Uh, there's also the obsession side of it too. Oh, what did I get? Oh, I didn't have a good sleep. Well, I'm going to feel crappy all day because I didn't get a good sleep, right? Like we can attach our mental game onto this too. So, uh, you know, take it with knowledge and then know where you're showing up for yourself that day and how you want to show up for yourself and setting up your schedules and then just sticking to it, being somewhat consistent as much as possible. Um, we are human, so we'll never be super consistent, but, um, you know, just keeping it on track and knowing what to do for yourself when you're off track, how to get back on track is always good. Yeah. The wearables. I definitely find that with, um, with those particular, with the devices that that allows me to do a test retest model so I can try mineralized water versus normal water, change Mm. nothing else and see what happens. I can try exercising in the morning or exercising in the afternoon and see what impact that has on my recovery. And so I just love the direct feedback loop that it gives you. And over time too, right? Like people will do that in one day and they're not going to get a result in one day. You want to do it for two weeks and then really see what's happening in your body because that's an actual gene expression over time. Some genes do turn on daily, but you know, we want to give it time to express itself. So I like that you do that. Um, Use yourself as a little, you know, um, tester to see what feels best in your days and then stick to that. Of, of what you need to do. Um, many people just need to move more. They're just sitting, what they'll get on their wearable is that they're sitting too much. Yeah. And uh, so get out, move and walk. I like that about New Zealand though. A lot of walkers, hikers, outdoorsy people. It's quite good, really good. Yeah. We're, we're very fortunate here. You actually just reminded me of something as well um, on the inflammation thing is that I was talking to a client you know, literally yesterday and she had put on like five kilos. Mm. <laughs> and like a, a week and a half and i was like okay she said mm. i put on five kilos of body fat i was like that's not body fat you can't put on five kilos of body fat in eight days it's just, that's not physically possible that's inflammation mm. so then the question becomes what are, you know what are you going on what's going on in your life that's creating so much inflammation inside your system so uh something to be aware of if uh if you're out there and you're yeah. dumping on lots of weight it's not necessarily maybe you are eating poorly as well but the, uh, the chance of that being body fat in such a short space of time is highly unlikely and vice versa too. If you're, if you're losing weight and you're losing like five kilos, 10 kilos in a week, that's not body fat. Right. It's almost physically impossible, right? Yeah. Could be inflammation. Um, and, and, you know, speaking into that too, a bit around inflammation is that it's, it, it might be food, but it also could be mental stress. It could be social stress. It could be through relationships. Like we're human. We have to look at every part of our days. You know, did your environment change drastically? Like we have to ask really what's going on in that human's life. And that's kind of why I love to bring it together, um, catering to the actual person that's in front of me rather than putting them through a generic system all the time. Um, it's great knowledge in the beginning to, I think, help people around where their deficits are, right? That we can generalize that in a way. Um, But when we start to take the deep dive on health, it it has to be individualized now. Um, What did that lady go through in the last few weeks that has changed her life? And obviously there's, there's things happening. And so as practitioners, we really need to start to ask the right questions to people and not in the 15 minute appointment and get to know the person that we're working with, because then we're going to get really good results. And they'll get knowledge and they'll share it with their friends and family and so on. So I just see it as being quite powerful if we're able to come back and really help people around 
you know, those issues and, and educate them on, on what they need to do to move forward. So, um, yeah, it could be seasons. It could be anything, right? Information. We don't know. We don't know. Exactly. Yeah. 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 All right. Are you ready for the big finisher? Sure. Am I? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Am I? <laughs> yeah, here it comes. So uh, I'd like to ask all my guests, what are your top three tips to living an abundant life? Who? I only get three? Only three, mate. Only three? Yeah. Oh, man. That's, okay. No, I got, I have mine, I think. Um, that's a good question, G. Top three, um, nature. I, I'm so, that nature can teach us so much. Um, many people in their days strive to be perfect and try to be something but if we actually come back to nature and we look at nature, well, this flower doesn't look like that flower does it. And they're both very beautiful. So when I say nature, it comes down to self-acceptance, the body that you live in and just being aware of the body that you live in around that. And I guess that would kind of be three things um, looped into one is, is accepting yourself and then being aware of yourself and then being accountable for it uh, would be the three tips that I would give to people. And there's so many people out there doing great things in health that can help everybody on their journey and um it comes down to yeah caring for one another and hearing their stories about it and and coming back to the human rather than the system if that makes sense really coming back to what that human needs than plopping them into a system so you know nature gives us freedom it gives us space it gives us accountability so that would be my my big takeaway with three little components in it yeah you yeah. Uh, you have a saying what's the saying? it goes something like we, we, we aren't in nature. We are nature. Something like that. Yeah, we really are. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've constructed stuff around us in a way um, that takes us away, I think, from connecting to ourselves and um, on, on many levels, on, on a biology level, on an energetic level, on a mental level, um, on a spiritual level, if you want to say as well. And so when we leave more space, like we were talking about in our days, it allows us to get to know ourselves better and uh, really coming back to how nature can actually help us heal. There's so many things out there and uh, we have a lot to learn, I believe, from it all the time. We can observe and it actually plays a role in, role in us from time to time. Um, talk about inflammation levels. Um, even getting out to nature is proven to lower inflammation levels if we're stuck in the city all the time. Yeah. So these kind of things is, is really important. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Good way to finish. Cool. High five one. <laughs> Thanks, G. Appreciate it. It's fun. I'm sure we'll do it again. I know. Okay. We'll do it. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> okay. Thanks, yeah. G. Bye. <laughs>